If you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. Here we are at the, uh, the outdoor compound, the secret compound. It is a secret compound. Well, uh, the weather has broken here in Michigan about as much as it's going to break, I think, for now, uh, which means we're outside, but we're wearing parkas and mittens. And well, you know, yeah, we've got kind of like hoodies on and stuff like that. Right. But the sun is shining and we're here in the piney forest. And for all we know, Sasquatch and Chupacabra are yep. going to emerge. Right. And, and, uh, but it is a secret compound. No one knows where it is. And, and, and the Chupacabra or whatever making an appearance would live, liven things up. It would liven things because up. Because we are going to talk about sloth. Now here's, here's the thing. We've been talking about all these, uh, uh, the seven cardinal sins. Capital the, sins. Capital sins. And the, um, the first several were heavy. They were, they were, you know, theological, there were theological implications to them. And so pride and envy. Yeah. They had yeah. to do with the fundamental nature of our relationship with God. So we talked about how with pride and envy, if you go back and listen to those episodes, that they were rooted in a either misunderstanding or misappropriation or rebellion of our relationship as a creature to our God. Right. But here we go. With right down, we're getting right down at uh, uh, dirt level here, right down at the ground yeah, level. Yeah, I think, and let's just point out again, we said in those earlier episodes that, you know, you go to a wedding and they have like the chocolate fountain or the champagne right. fountain, right? Where there's little tears yeah. and one flows down to the other. That pride was the capital sin. It was at the top. It was number one and everything flows down because right. when you get the relationship between the creature and the creator wrong, right. then from that flows envy, and so on and so forth. And we talked about all the others, right. greed, wrath, whatever. And, but as we, as it flows down that fountain, it gets to the bottom. What we come to are, are more practical things. And I think that today, while we're sitting out here, we're going to record the last three sins. We'll release them as three different episodes, but we're going to record them all this afternoon. And we're going to talk about sloth and- uh, Gluttony. And, and gluttony lust. and lust. And we're going to see that these are- are eminently practical. I mean, in some ways, they they have less to do with our, they, like you say, they have less of a theological dimension to them because the theological dimension to them sort of comes, flows down from the, the, right. the top of the fountain and they become very practical. You know, when you talk about sloth and gluttony and lust, these are issues of managing ourselves or right. controlling ourselves or right. disciplining ourselves or discipling ourselves to behave in certain ways, but that that behavior, right, is driven by upstream right. by the theological thing. So right. because our pride and envy and whatnot has severed a proper relationship with God, it then flows down and manifests itself sure. in these symptoms, yep. these symptomatic behaviors. So 
So that's where we're at. We're going to talk today in this episode and the next two about these very practical things that plague the Christian life. And we're going to start with sloth. Sloth. I did a little reading on this. You sent me some links and I did a little poking around and I come, I learned the new word. It's happening to me more and more often here. Uh, I learned the word acedia, which is an old word. And it, uh, it's, a, it's a broader uh, definition of it's not just laziness, sort of a spiritual torpor or whatever, if you could yeah. say it that way. And I, you know, that, that really made me think because I can be, I can give into this, the sort of a, just a malaise, just this feeling of, oh, why bother, you know? Um, yeah, I, look, uh, if I was going to disclose, you know, things that I go, I, I think this, this is something that really strikes me personally very close to home. So, so let's talk about the difference. Let's talk about the definition of the word sloth and, and like you say, differentiate that sure. a little bit from laziness and this word that you brought up, acedia. Let, let, let's start with uh, laziness, okay? Because what is sloth, right? I mean, words, words have absolute meanings or ideas have absolute meanings. Yeah. I mean, get into the philosophy of, of words and definitions. I, I don't have a sort of subjective understanding of ideas, right? I mean, words mean things and ideas mean things. However, in language, how things are translated from one language to the other, you'll take an idea in one language and try to translate it and pick a word in the next language that you think is an equivalent. And right. sometimes in that, you know, there can right. be a breakdown. And over time within a culture, how a word is used sometimes evolves. So when we talk about sloth, right, what you imagine is this, right, well, you know, like the animal, the right. sloth. It just kind of yeah. lays around, moves real slow, doesn't do anything, right? And it's understandable how that word gets picked up here because there are biblical concepts here. So if we go back to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs talks a lot about, you know, con, uh, the sluggard, right? Right. You know, uh, consider the ant, you sure. sluggard, yep. or, you know, the sluggard lays in his bed and can't, you know, right. bother to feed himself or clean himself up while meanwhile, the busy bee or the ant goes out and accomplishes things. And so that, that sense of being a discipline, having a disciplined or productive life is a biblical concept. And when you look at when God created Adam and Eve, the first thing he did was give them a job. He put them in the garden to work. They had productive things to do. Right. So to be really clear, productivity is a uh, essential element in our humanity, part of the created purpose of mankind in the sense, right? So what do we see in the book of Genesis? What's the first thing that God does? He, he, he's working in a sense. God yeah, right, yeah. The, okay, begins yeah. in the beginning. God created the heaven and the right. earth and he divided this and he separated this and he, you know, right. filled this and he did that. So, so God appears in the Bible in the very first sentences, doing things, making things, and mm -hmm. he creates us in his image and we're to do things and make things and be productive and to be creators. So that notion of sloth or laziness, let's just be really clear. If you're slothful and lazy and you don't produce and you're not disciplined. I mean, Paul even says this uh, in, in the New Testament that if someone doesn't work or isn't willing to work and sort right. of pull their weight, don't let them eat. Right. Right. So if you're slothful and lazy and you won't get out of your bed and do your job and, you know, won't contribute to your family or to your right. community or your workplace and you expect to just sort of lay around and have everything handed to you, then that's wrong. And it's a, 
it's it's a it's a it's a sin and it's a spiritual you know thing and it's it's a theologically it's a it's a failing to live up to your image of god so being productive is super important right but okay there's no but on what i just said however maybe is a better transition however this notion of sloth, as you say, this ancient Greek word, acedia, which is the word that was used in the ancient and medieval church for this sin, is super interesting because it first gets described in the first early centuries of the church by monks who begin to use this yeah. word to describe this sin. And what you've got to know is that these monks were super productive. We'll get back to the conversation in just a few moments. But first, I'd like to ask for your support in producing and expanding this podcast. It's produced by a 501c3 nonprofit ministry called One Whirling Adventure, with a mission to excite and educate people about historic Catholic Christianity and to equip them to live, share, and defend it in the 21st century. Now, the production budget of this podcast isn't big, but it is real. We've set a goal of 40,000 worldwide downloads in 2023 with a crowdfunding goal of $35,000 to make that happen. Would you help us make that happen? If so, please go to consideringcatholicism.com. You can see our GuideStar charity rating there and donate online with a one-time or recurring gift. And if you have a business or organization interested in sponsoring our ministry, please shoot me an email, greg at consideringcatholicism.com. Thank you for listening and considering helping us to help others consider Catholicism. And now, back to the conversation. Right? I mean, right. they lived in a monastery. They had to get up every morning. They had to do the morning chores, show up to the morning, you know, mass, take right. care of my. So it wasn't like they were laying around on the couch watching Netflix and, you know, fiddling with their phone all day. Right. They were very productive, but they used this word acedia, which in Greek means a lack of concern. That word a is like the, the negative, like apathy or right. a, right? Oh, sure. Okay, sure. Right. So, and Cedia is, it's, it's a lack of concern, like a sort of, I don't care. Right. And what they began to describe was this thing that some of the early monastic writers termed the noonday demon hmm. or the devil that comes at noon. And here's what it is. And I know this is very personal for me. And I think probably for you and for a lot yep. of us listeners, we all relate. So the monk gets up in the morning and he does his morning prayers and he goes to the mass and he does this and he does that. And, and then around, you know, noon or whatever, after lunch, he goes back to his room or his cell and he's supposed to spend the afternoon praying or reading the Bible. And he's just, yeah, right. Bored. You know, he sits in his room and I know I'm supposed to be, you know, praying the Psalms or reading scripture or doing whatever, but I just, I just don't care. Listless. Listless. I have a sort of, I don't care. Maybe a sense of burnout. Yeah. And, 
you can be productive in many aspects of your life. I, I, like, I know I'm speaking to people out here who are listening to this going, yay, amen, because, or not yay, but like, right. amen, like, relate, because, like, okay, I'll, I'll be honest. I consider myself to be a pretty productive person. Right. Right. Like, I have multiple jobs and hats I wear. I produce a lot of media. This is only one of the media channels or podcasts I produce. Right. I, 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 I do a, a lot of stuff. Right. I consider my, and, and I have a family and I, I feel like I take care of all my obligations. But man, I really sometimes uh, just get these moments where I go, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't care. I feel pretty burnt out. And, and this notion of the devil that comes at noon where you kind of like, it's afternoon, got up in the morning, did the stuff I had to do in the morning, went to the meetings I had to go to, took care of this, took care of that. And then you sit down or whatever after lunch and you're like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. And I just feel burnt out. And, right. And you, in a sense, you start going through the motions. And that's the acedia that I don't, the lack right. of concern for these things. Where you're like, oh, I guess they're ringing the bell, so I guess I gotta go up and go to right. chores. But I've really reached this point of, I don't care. And then they describe this. The monks did. Many many Catholic writers described it in the monasteries, and they said that that it, it, it it's accompanied with kind of this low level anxiety. Yeah. Because what happens is, you know, you're sitting there in the monastery, you're sitting in your life, you're sitting in your job, you're at your desk or your cubicle after right. lunch, and you're like, I just don't kind of right. really want to be here. Right. And then I just feel like I, I don't, like, if I got anxious, like, I don't really want to be here. I don't know if I should be here. I probably don't. I don't know. And right. then that comes with depression. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. yeah. And you get afflicted with this. And maybe every time the bell rings, you know, you hop up and you go do what you got to do. But you right. really have reached this burnout point in your emotional, spiritual, mental life where you just, you don't care anymore. Right. And then that leads to physical exhaustion, right? Because right. as you know, when you're anxious right. and depressed and bored and burnt out. Now you just feel tired and right. achy and distracted. And this was the thing they called the devil that comes at noon or the, you know, the noonday right. devil, acedia, the deadly sin of sloth. Which strikes me as a sort of a slap in the face to God. You know, here we are in this beautiful planet and we all these things that we can do and you know and you and I have wonderful lives and uh and all that and there's all kinds of good 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 things we could do and to and to sit down and say I don't feel like doing any of them seems like a sort of an insult and I and I struggle with it just as much as everybody I think but see again the history of this particular sin it's the one that so right like there's all these like you know, we were alluding to, there's all these writings about acedia, right? this sloth, acedia, the Greek word, in, in all these men, the saints, so many of the saints wrote about this. And it's all through the monastic literature, spiritual literature of Catholicism for thousands of years. Spiritual directors, confessors talk about this. 
Uh, and the thing is, is that it does strike people who are, you know, saints. Uh, so, right. so, right, people who are very committed to their faith. They're committed to Catholicism. They're committed to God. They're committed to this. But that doesn't make you immune to this. And this is why a lot of the saints and a lot of the spiritual directors and writers over the centuries all said that this is the most insidious of the seven deadly sins yeah. because it's the one that will strike at any moment. It'll strike even the doctors of the church and the great saints right. and the people who've dedicated their whole lives to, to God or to whole lives to serving the church are not immune to feeling burnt out and depressed. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it seems like a shame to let myself get there, but I do, I feel, uh, I pray that God will give me energy and I, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, so let's just talk a little bit more about how this manifests itself, right? So if and you and I were talking before we started the recording, if you were in a monastery 1500 years ago, right? right you could maybe go, all right, well, I got up and I did the morning chores and the morning prayers and I did this and I did that and blah, blah, blah. And then it, we had a little, had lunch and I went back to my room and, and then I sat there and I was supposed to pray some Psalms and do some, you know, Bible reading or whatever it is I was supposed to do uh, before it was time for evening right. meal and chores and something. And for like three or four hours, I just wasted time by like laying right. on my bed and sort of listlessly staring up my window right. or staring at the ceiling and just being bored and falling asleep. Right. And okay, they listlessly laid in their Spartan right. room or stared out the little tiny window. But thanks to modern life and technology, <laughs> right. we have enabled <clears throat> acedia. Right. We, we have enabled this in so many ways. Because yeah. like I can have lunch and go, you know, I think I'm going to look at my social media. Yeah. I see thy name is Instagram. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I'm going to pull out Twitter and like, see what's going on on Twitter. Right. Oh, 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 scroll right. here. Oh, another video. Or, you know, um, I'm going to look on YouTube and see if there's right. any fun new YouTubes or whatever it is. Right. Right. And you can rationalize that. There's a ten, there are 10,000 ways that enable us when we feel bored, listless, not caring, burnt out to distract ourselves. Sure. Right? It's easier to distract or there's more distractions. Yep. And so it's easier to give into this. But the crazy thing is, right, if you spend three hours fiddling, like scrolling Instagram or right. whatever your your yep. dopamine hit is, right. searching for the dopamine hit, right, it just makes you feel sadder. Right. Right. I mean, like there's all right. of this research right. about anxiety and depression in modern society. And almost all the research shows that anxiety and depression and various dis psychological and neurological disorders are increasing and that these things actually make it worse. So scrolling through the Instagram feed, seeing what all, how much better everybody's vacation is <laughs> than yours or how everybody's on vacation when you're stuck at you yeah. know, at your job or you're right. stuck here or with your kids or whatever the case may be, right? I mean, right. going down those distraction holes, searching for those dopamine hits actually makes it worse. Yeah. It makes you feel 
sadder, more anxious, more depressed, and right back to what the meaning of a CD means, less concerned with spiritual things. Right. Because like, oh, just, uh, uh, you know, like how many times have you sat there and said, you know, I've got, it takes me about 20 Depends how fast I do it. About 22 minutes to pray my rosary. Right. You know, 22 to somewhere between 20 and 25. Right. You know, depending on how quickly I want to click the beats. Right. right? But let's say, okay, it's going to take me 23 minutes to pray my rosary. You know how fast I can burn 23 minutes on my phone? Right. Like 23 minutes goes by. Yeah. Without a blink. You know, it was... 1230 and I sat down to eat my lunch and before you knew it, it was 112 and like it just went by right. while I stuffed my face and fiddled with my phone. Right. And you know, okay, I had to stuff my face maybe because it was lunchtime, but right, I had plenty of time to pray my rosary. But here's the thing about this acedia is that I don't care about praying my rosary. Right. I could have read my Bible. Right. I, I, I could have read a spiritual, I've got a stack like better you do. Most of you I've got a stack of good books next right. to my chair. You know, I yeah, could me have, too. I've got a Kindle. I've got books on my phone. I could have gone, hey, you know what? I'm, I used to do stuff like that. And at various times in my life, I go, hey, you know, what I could do while I eat my lunch is I could pull out a good book. Right. And, or do a Bible study or a read thing. Or, right. But, you know, the re- reach point, I go, and this goes back to the SCD. I just don't care. And that's why it's a sin, right? Because because some people listening, you're like, are you saying that God is is calling my depression a sin? No. Okay, depression is a condition, right? But there is a sin that comes with putting ourselves into that position, and that's why we said at the beginning that these last three sins of sloth and gluttony and lust are often failures of discipline in practical life, mm-hmm. because what we do is we put ourselves in these positions where maybe the the natural tendency I have to be anxious and depressed, I throw gasoline on that fire. Right. Right? right. So sitting around in the afternoon or whatever and yeah. scrolling, doom scrolling my phone or you know, looking <laughs> for a dopamine hit on right. social media or whatever, goofing off doesn't improve my anxiety and depression, which I may be prone to for a thousand reasons, some of them valid and some of them medical and everything else. But now I've just made it worse. And it's taken my eye off the ball from caring about my relationship with God, caring about my spiritual condition, caring about spiritual things at all, because I've become immersed in this, these silly, meaningless distractions. So the antidote to this mm-hmm. is diligence. Diligence. But I would also add to practice gratitude. Mm. Uh, I'm sitting, Tell me about that. I'm, I'm sitting in my, you know, I get home from work. I work. That's such a hard life I have. I work three days a week and I'm done <laughs> at noon. And I come home and it's, a, it's hard work. I work hard and physically. And then I sit down, I take a shower, I sit down, I eat lunch. And then... I don't want to do anything. I've got like a 10 minute window. If I don't, if I don't right. stand up and start, you know, I'm done. And, and I feel like there are so many good things in my life that yeah. I could be doing and I could list them all, right? Lots and lots of good things, including the stack of good books. I'm a musician. I record my own music. I could be down in my studio working on that right. stuff. I could, there's a thousand things I could do. I could call my daughters. I could do all yeah. these things. And God has given you all these and wonderful he's things. given me all, yeah, exactly where I'm going. He's given me all these wonderful things, but I'm not grateful. 
I'm just going to sit there and mope. It feels ungrateful to me. It is, well, it is. But I also, the antidote to that, right, it, you can't sort of make yourself feel grateful. But what you right. can do, and that's where I think the diligence thing comes in. You because, do something physical. Right. So, all right. Now, I got to be careful about what I say because I don't want to say the wrong thing. But like there are certain modern conditions where you sit around and you say, you know, I think I should have been born a baboon. Right. I feel like I'm a man trapped in a baboon. No, I'm a baboon trapped in a man's body. Right. Right. Um, So there are certain modern conditions where we speculate about uh, these kinds of things. These existential questions about am I trapped in the wrong body? Am I... I wonder if aliens have, right? right? Right. There's all these kind of weird speculative questions. And I have a friend of mine who always likes to say, you know, a thousand years ago, nobody worried about that because they had to go out and work. Right. <laughs> right? Right, right. You know, like you don't have time to sit around and go, I wonder right. if I'm a, um, you know, a zebra right. trapped in a man's was body. I, was I born 200 years too late? Or yeah, too or something, or, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't have these this, this kind of weird existential speculation because right. every morning you have to get up and go milk the cow. You're running from the saber-toothed tiger. You're yeah. not, yeah. Right, or go milk the cow or go plow the field or, right. or go fix the fence or, right. you know, whatever. And, and now here's where I'm going with that is that you can fill your time. And that's where the diligence thing comes in, where yeah. you, you can put yourself in a place. So if I come home or go out to lunch or whatever your day looks like and you go, now I'm going to sit in my chair and I'm going to open my phone, I know that it's going to, like 90 minutes is going to bleed away. Right. Right. You have to be self-aware enough to go, I have done this a hundred times and 99 out of the hundred, 90 minutes bleeds away. So here's a pro tip. Don't sit in your chair with your phone. Right. It, you know, in the afternoon or right. evening or whatever. Just where don't you, do it. Well, well, put yourself in a thing where you have something, be diligent enough to put organize your day and your time where you have something that's going to focus you and be productive. Right. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go out and milk the cow or, you know, chop right. the tree, but it can be like, hey, you know, at this time of day, I go walk my dog or I go see my neighbor or my friend or play with my kids or I go to the gym or, you know, whatever. I mean, ideally those are all material things. It would be spiritual time, but you would say, Hey, I make sure that at one o'clock every day I do my prayer time or right. whatever. Right. You know, you have to be diligent and put yourself in thing in places, right. and structure your life in such a way that it doesn't, uh, that it mitigates how this, this, this thing can seize you. Right. And that is the diligence of organizing your time and your day and your life. Because those monks in the monastery, one of the, the solutions to that over the course of history with the monastic orders was that the monastic orders began to gradually uh, structure their day yeah. so that the monks were always busy. Yes. Right. 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 And if you, I mean, it may be like going out and, and, and tending the garden or whatever, but, you know, it's, it's hard to sit there and be listless if you're you know, picking right. berries or something. Right. So, you know, have the diligence to put yourself. And I, that's what I want to say is the, the sin here is, is not being depressed or anxious. Cause again, there are valid reasons why some people feel those, uh, those right. feelings. But if it's a sin, it's something that's allowed by putting yourself in situations where you right. allow that to seize you. 
and not being diligent enough to what you do what you can to not allow that to to take control of your life and to take your eye off the ball and to distract you and bring you to that place of burnt out burnout right. and a lack of concern with your soul or with God or anything else. And I would add uh, as a last note here, maybe just to uh, ask God, pray and ask God to give you the grace and uh, the inclination to, to do those things. And when the moment comes to put either pick up your phone or go do something else, ask God in the morning to give you that, to give you that energy and, you know, that impetus at, at the time. Oh, absolutely. And I would also say lean on other people. Yep. You know, I mean, part of this is that we have an affliction of modern life of being isolated, you know, and, you know, you can, you can be a little more deliberate about how you sure. structure yeah. your time and who you spend your time with. But I just, you know, to be clear here, again, this is something that all of the saints and all of the doctors of the church have warned about for 2000 years. It's something that seizes even people who love God deeply and are deeply yep. committed to their faith and have all their theological, you know, knowledge and values and stuff all aligned. We, we can all sort of succumb to this sort of yep. acedia, this sort of sloth, yep. this listlessness. This, so we're in good company. Yeah. And they've all said, you got to fight against it. You yep. got to fight it because it will, it will take your eye off the ball and it will pull you away from the things of God. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, Greg. Good stuff. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for listening. My name is Greg Smith. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, would you please hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you get your podcasts? And please share it with others. And if you're curious about the Catholic worldview and faith, the Church and its Saints, or Catholic history, culture, and art, then visit consideringcatholicism.com. And email me to let me know what you think. Greg at consideringcatholicism.com.